0: Learn more at Marines.com. Ain't it exciting to be a Steelers fan? I bet you nobody would have thought of that a week ago before the Pittsburgh Steelers went in uh, into Aquashore Stadium and handled business against the Cincinnati Bengals in the manner that they did now the Steelers are back in playoff contention. They got some work to do, obviously, but they're getting back there. And now I think that the team's confidence has risen because of the win and because of maybe perhaps who is the quarterback now for the Pittsburgh Steelers and how that player was able to get the ball out. And we'll get into that and much more. But first, I want to thank everybody for joining. I'm Daniel. This is uh, State of the Steelers, the Steel Curtin Network. Uh, the title of the show is, Can They Do It Again? against the Seahawks, because for me, it's not just Mason Rudolph doing it again. You know, it's it's the team. Can the team do it again? There was a lot of there's a lot going into what happened last week. Right. It wasn't just Mason Rudolph elevating and playing well. You had middle linebackers elevating and playing well. You had a secondary that was depleted, elevating and playing well. You know, you had the guy like Mr. Rowe who had an interception. It wasn't on, you know, nobody knew who he was prior to this week. As far as being a Steelers player, you know, it's it was awesome to see, you know, we saw interceptions from the defense. We saw, you know, everybody playing like like they were having fun, in in my opinion. You know, there wasn't any dissatisfaction on the sideline and outside of the, the former first string quarterback. But outside of him, Kenny Pickett, everybody was it felt good. It felt good for the Steelers to win that way. It felt good for the Steelers to move forward. And I think it gave everybody a little bit of confidence that maybe, perhaps, you know, the Steelers might be able to do something. But let's get into where they're at right now, the Steelers. What's the state of the Steelers? Let's talk about the playoff picture. Last night, the Browns won and they won big. They I mean, moved them to 11 and 5. So the Steelers can't uh, get to 11 wins. So they um, are basically. And we can't jump uh, ahead of them, so to speak, because we would have the tiebreaker against them had they, you know, ended up being having the same record as the Pittsburgh Steelers, but didn't happen. They're in They're 11 and five. They're a team that's I think clinched the playoffs. So how do the Steelers clinch the playoffs? There's a couple of different ways. There's two spots available. And right now the Buffalo Bills hold one of them. Now the Buffalo Bills are one game ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they need to lose one of the next two games. And the Steelers need to win out. You know, that's basically the the formula here. The Steelers need to win out in order for them to realistically make the playoffs. Now, yeah, you know, the Steelers lose this weekend. They're not solely eliminated from the playoffs based on that loss. But if other teams win, like, for instance, the Colts or and, you know, the, the Texans, then the Steelers are out. You know what I'm saying? Also, the Bills. Uh, Steelers will be out at that point. There would be no way to catch up. So who do the Steelers need to win in order to stay in contention? You know, right now the Titans are, are going to are playing at uh, Houston against the Tennessee uh, against, sorry, against the Houston Texans. The Texans are favored in that game. Um, I think Will Levis is coming off of an ankle injury. Uh, CJ Stroud is coming off of a, a two game or two games that he was out due to being in the concussion protocol. You know, I know the Texans are favored in this game. You know, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're at home. But in my opinion, I think that, you know, Tennessee has a good opportunity to win this game. You know, from what I've seen, you know, quarterbacks coming off of a concussion, even if it's one week later or two weeks later, that first game back isn't really the best game for them. I think there's like, you know, some getting back into it. You know, maybe there's a little bit of trigger shyness, you know, because they just got blown up a couple of weeks earlier or the week before that put him in concussion protocol. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, quarterbacks typically uh, don't perform well after a concussion. So I think there's a good chance there that maybe the Titans can you know pull the upset. Uh, the next one is going to be the Patriots versus Bills. Again, we need the Bills to lose in this game. However, you know when it comes to uh, you know playing the Patriots, I think they're like a huge you know, uh, the Patriots are a huge underdog in this game. The Bills are heavily favored. Even though the Patriots did upset the Bills earlier this year, that was in New England. And the Buffalo Bills weren't playing, you know, very well at the time. Now, here, here is of recently, Buffalo Bills have been able to turn it on and they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I'm not sure if this game is going to go for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you know, all we can do is hope. You know what I'm saying? That maybe perhaps Bailey's happy pulls something, out of his rear end, and the team goes and does something. So the next game that everybody's going to be watching is the Panthers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, similar to like what I said about CJ Stroud coming off with the concussion protocol, uh, Trevor Lawrence came off the concussion protocol as of recent, and he didn't have himself a great game. Let's just be honest on that. Now they're playing the two-win team Panthers, who, yeah, I'm not saying they're tanking or anything like that, um, but I mean, they are probably and most likely looking at draft, you know, the draft needs for the upcoming year and prospects and what they're going to do and how to elevate that capital or value in the draft. So winning games doesn't really elevate your capital or, you know, your your draft prospects or to trade or whatever you want to call it. So. with well, that being said, um I'm not sure they're in win now mode in order for them to win the Panthers. uh, They're going to have to get up early and get confidence and things like that. It's possible. You know, Trevor Lawrence is also dealing with a shoulder injury, uh, I think, on his throwing arm. So I think they're coming off of like, you know, being, you know, two and four in the last six games or something like that, losing four. I don't know. I I don't know. Like maybe the last five. And, you know, they're, they're, they're trending in the wrong direction. Now, this is supposed to be a get-right game for them, but who knows? Maybe the Panthers will come through, right? Uh, last game is going to be the Raiders versus Colts, and the Colts are favored here. This is at Indianapolis. You know, I I think that the Raiders have an opportunity to do something in this game. Their defense as of late has been up. Mark Crosby's been a, a man that's been attacking and pressuring the quarterback this year uh, at will almost. And so um, I, I do think that there's going to be it's going to be a closer game. I know that the Colts are favorite and they're at home Uh, last week. They didn't look as great as they did when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously the Steelers were dealing with a lot more injuries and confidence issues at the time, especially at the quarterback position. So, you know, with that being said, I'm not sure, you know, if the the Raiders are going to win this one there, I don't know. if These are all going to fall in line. You know, the Steelers are going to need the Titans, the, the Panthers, um, the Raiders to win and the Patriots. All of those teams are, are the underdogs uh, and are less likely to win. But can it happen? I think everything kind of fell in place last week as well. You know, Colts lost, Titans lost. I mean, the Texans lost So Steelers, and Jacksonville lost, so the Steelers increased their playoff position. Now, if all those things happen, or at the very least, um, I think the Bills can win, but if if Jacksonville loses, the Titans lose, and the Colts lose, uh, the Steelers are in the seventh spot. Now, if the Bills end up losing, I, I think they will drop down to nine and seven, and the Steelers will be nine and seven. I think they also have the um, the tiebreaker over the Bills, so the Steelers could end up jumping up to the sixth spot by the end of the weekend. It's highly unlikely, given the teams that the player that given the teams that we are needing to win and all of them are underdogs. Yeah, it doesn't seem too likely, but I think it can happen. And if it does, you know how how crazy would that be? You know, let's just say the Steelers find themselves after Sunday is over and done with in the playoff picture, in the race, not not in the hunt, in the race. You know, and that's going to be huge for the confidence of this team. You know, it's going to be huge for um Everybody. I mean, I think that Mike Tomlin, is. it's going to be huge for him. I know a lot of people are wanting him fired and gone, but if he ends up making the playoffs, I know that there's already talk that there, there is no consideration of letting him go or moving on from him in this offseason. Well, I, I, I strongly suspect that that's going to be the case if he ends up getting the Steelers in. They're not going to let go of him. They're not going to get away from him. He's going to be here next year. Now, the Steelers make the playoffs and they move forward this week, that's because of a couple of things that occurred. One the Steelers ended up beating uh, the Seattle Seahawks on the road at a place where they're one in seven all time. And more than likely, I mean, there's the possibility that Mason Rudolph struggles in the first half. They bench him. Kenny Pickett comes back in and, and he ends up leading the team to victory at the end. But if Mason Rudolph goes out there and kind of performs in a similar fashion than what he performed last week. And I think there's a possibility that he could, um, you know, solidify himself as QB one for the remainder of this year. I mean, there's only going to be one more game in the regular season after that. And if Mason Rudolph goes and wins that game as well, and the Steelers find themselves in the playoffs, you can't take them out. He basically put, put the Steelers in the playoffs. The other quarterbacks, you know, eliminated, or not eliminated, but almost eliminated the Steelers out of playoff contention. So you got to ride with the hot hand, in my opinion. And I know some people are going to say, well, hey, you know, Oh, can he pick a seven and three? Um, You know, when he starts and finishes a game or seven and four or something like that this year. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But the whole, you know, finishing the game is important. And also, you know, starting the game, you know, there's been a lot of injuries for, for this young man. And as coach T says, you know, your best ability is availability. You can't win, you know, a championship from the tub or whatever. You can't make the club from the tub. There it goes. And, I think it's real. I think it's true. You know, um, he's injured quite a bit Uh, in two years. He's missed out on how many games already. So, yeah, I think there's a huge concern there for the quarterback position and not just the availability, but also the performance. You know, Mason Rudolph was able to put up, what was it, 34 points against the Cincinnati Bengals? You know, he was able to take turnovers and convert them into points. You know, those were things that weren't happening for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Even when the Steelers got turnovers in in the opponent's you know, side of the field. Many a times the Steelers often settled for for field goals in those situations, three and out and then the defense is back out there and they're exhausted and tired. You know, what Mason Rudolph was able to do is on all of the turnovers, I believe he was able to put them into points. You know, the first one. Uh, Came on a Patrick Peterson interception in the end zone that Mason Rudolph then, you know, conducted a 80 yard drive and put the ball in the end zone. So, you know, those were things that were missing out of the Pittsburgh Steelers game last, you know, up until this point, the execution was missing. You know, there's also a lot of talk that, you know, Mason changed some things or did some things differently. Like, for instance, um the George Pickens pass on on third and one. You know, that was uh I believe it was supposed to be a run. And Mason Rudolph checked it with um with George, threw it deep, caught it, ended up being a touchdown. You know, T talked about Coach T talked about, you know, liking his aggression in that situation. You know, hit that tells me also though, like you know, nobody's really harping on the quarterback on not to make this decision or not to make that decision. It's all on the QB. You know, George Pickens said it as well. You know, when they were talking to him uh, in this post-press conference, post-game press conference, he said that, um, you know, he likes Mason. And, you know, the difference was he let it rip. He took more chances or shots personally. So, you know, um, also not don't forget that Deontay Johnson said, Something to the effect that, you know, it's nice to have a quarterback that's going to stay in the pocket and finish his reads, do his reads and give you an opportunity to do something. You know, basically saying that the other two quarterbacks were, you know, looking up the field and not sticking with the reads long enough because of of the possible. um, You know, the defense coming in and the possible pressure that the defense could be applying. So, I mean. It just sounds like Mason Rudolph is the guy, you know, uh, one of the a few things that concerned me about Mason Rudolph going into, you know, before this game or his happy feet. And he was a little bit late for the throw. He was a little bit indecisive. And that's what I had noticed in the past. And I think that those two things were completely absent of that game. Mason Rudolph stayed cool, calm and collected in the pocket. He moved in the pocket very well. His pocket awareness is a lot better than people give him credit. You know, a lot of folks will look at, you know, Mitch and Kenny and, and say because of their ability to move around in the pocket and, and their mobility is an asset to them uh, to keep them clean. Well, I mean, those two guys took a lot of sacks. Um, a lot of them were on their own, you know, running into some things. Mason Rudolph had one, you know, they sacked him one time. And for the most part, He looked like he was protected right now. Is that because the offensive line was like, hey, you know, we got to do better for this guy versus our our number one guy? Probably not. I think the fact that he's able to maneuver in the pocket and move up into the pocket and not back into problems is what really helped the offensive line. And I think that also built some confidence in them to uh, get out there and block. Now, Mason Cole still needs to bring up that ball from the ground. He's still doing some some low snaps. So he needs to uh, you know, bring that up a little bit, in my opinion. Um, but hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk more about the Steelers. We're going to talk, obviously, about the Steelers versus the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to get more into the upcoming game. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after a few words from our sponsors. Hey, check it out! You made it back to the other side. Welcome back to Stay the Steelers, where we are previewing the upcoming game. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to the Seattle Seahawks uh, this Sunday. This is a three p.m., four p.m. kickoff. I'm sorry, um, <clears throat> one p.m. local time for Seattle. So it's going to be a good game. You know, the Steelers are one and seven all time. You know, in the, in Seattle, you know, this is uh, somewhat of, I guess, a little curse for the Pittsburgh Steelers you know, to travel out that direction. Ben Roethlisberger was never good in Seattle, you know, or on the West Coast period. So this is going to be a good, uh, it's going to be a good matchup for Mason Rudolph to see what he got, what he has. You know, the the Cincinnati Bengals team that he played last week, their, their defense and their offense, they've been riddled with injuries and things of that nature. The defense wasn't playing, you know, as well as they've played in previous years. Seattle Seahawks are coming in a little bit banged up, but, the consensus is that their defense is a lot better than what they saw in Cincinnati, given the fact that they're also going to have, you know, the noise pumped in from the 12th man, so to speak. And, you know, the hostile environment, you know, some would expect that the team's probably not going to perform to the level that they did last week, you know, but I think they can get pretty close. But then again, you know, Mason Rudolph did what he did last week off of three practices. He's got another week under his belt as the starting quarterback. Maybe perhaps he's built a little bit more chemistry with his receivers. You know, a little bit the timing's a little bit better. You know, I think that if those things are true and those things happen, I think that there's a good opportunity for this team you know, maybe to replicate what they did last week offensively. It'd be interesting to see. I'm excited to see what they're gonna do. But they're traveling, it's gonna be a hostile environment. And I think that in order for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game, they're going to have to rely heavily on the running game, Seattle defense. I think that's where their weaknesses is, is in the running game. So if the Steelers can get Najee and, and Jalen Warren going, it'd be great. You know, last week, Najee and Jalen, Najee running 19 times for 78 yards, 4.1 average, 13 long. That's not a bad day for Najee. Jalen Warren had eight carries for 24 yards, 3.0 average. Now, one thing that I've noticed against the Cincinnati Bengals is that Najee Harris has himself a game and Jalen Warren kind of struggles in those games uh, running the ball. That is the last time that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers played the Cincinnati Bengals. Najee had over. A, I think he had well, it was over 100 yards, but then he lost a yard or two or so and he ended up back with 99 and, and Jalen Warren had you know, a little bit less than that as well. Calvin Austin had one rush and boy, was that rush cool, man. You know, it was a seven-yard rush for a touchdown, and Jalen Warren just completely decleated the, per- the 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 Cincinnati linebacker in front of him. You know, it's crazy because Jalen Warren was just talking about being in that position blocking for a receiver because of you know the lack of a block that George Pickens gave you know the week before, and you know his explanation being that you know he didn't want to get hurt, so to speak. Right? There was a lot of turmoil going into this game because of a lot of things that were happening, but. <clears throat> So, yeah, that occurred. Jalen Warren came out, said, hey, you know, if I was in his situation, I'd block for him kind of thing. And here it is. He's in that situation, maybe not for George Pickens per se, but Calvin Austin, a receiver running behind him. You know, from I was watching his podcast uh, not too long ago that he came out on. He was saying that he told basically Calvin Austin to to run right behind him. He said, I'm going to clear the way, you know, I'm going to run it as if I'm the running back. Follow me. And when I hit, you know, someone just then you pass. And it's exactly what happened. You know, he, Calvin Austin ran right behind, you know, Jalen Warren. He took the running path that he had. And then when he depleted that uh, Cincinnati Bengals linebacker, Austin went off to the side and walked into the end zone. Huge play. It was a jet sweep, by the way, as well. You know, a play that a lot of folks, you know, aren't too thrilled with. Mason Rudolph had two carries of his own four yards. The longest was for seven. So the other rush lost a few yards. and I think that was at the end of the game where there was a little bit of a fumble there uh, in the end zone. And then Mason Rudolph had a jump on it um, on the exchange between himself and, and Jalen Warren, I believe it was. So, you know, that, that was a loss of yardage. But the other rush was for seven yards. And what a rush was it? It was like third and like six. So he needed seven. And he did his best John Elway impression. You know, he drops back. Nobody's open. He's got a cleanish pocket, but it's starting to, you know, crumble around him. So he runs one direction, sees a uh, defender going that way. So stops, runs the other direction around his lineman, heads upfield, tries to, you know, um, one arm, uh, stiff arm a guy and then dives for the first down, getting helicoptered around by two Cincinnati Bengals defenders. It was amazing. And the reason I bring that up right now, too, is because in previous games, the one most recent, Mitch Trubisky was running for the, you know, running for first down and slid before the first down. And I brought that up earlier this week in my film breakdown of Mason Rudolph. So prior to this game, I went back and I checked out some film on Mason um, during the preseason game uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And in that game, You know, he did a couple of things that I liked. He hit receivers in stride. He was able to, you know, I think there was one play where he rushed and he was trying to get a first down, got the first down before he slid, uh, was able to throw the deep ball accurately. He hit Calvin Austin down the sideline and dropped it in the bucket again, kind of similar to what you saw with George. And, you know, I brought up all those things and I said, hey, don't be surprised. You know, if Mason Rudolph goes out there and balls out, you know, he's a guy that can put the ball in his receiver's hands. And I think I used the example, you know, the Mason Rudolph to Deontay Johnson in, against Miami in 2019 or the Landry Jones to uh, Martavius Bryant uh, across the middle that he took off for 70 yards. I was like, if you can give your playmakers an opportunity to do something with the ball in their hands, they're going to do it. And I think that Mason Rudolph can do that. I didn't think that Mason was going to be threading the needle uh, on some passes or or making some you know, um, tough, difficult throw in the corner of the end zone where the ball has to be perfectly accurate. But I did think that he was going to be able to, you know, put the ball in the hands of their receivers in stride and let them do something. And, and that's exactly what we saw this weekend, especially when it came to George Pickens in the first, you know, throw of the game. So and I was I was pleasantly surprised. And like I said, he's going to have to do it again. They're going to have to do it again against the Seattle team. It's coming in pretty riddled with injuries. though. with that said, let's go into the injury um, and talk about the injuries for this game. Let's start off with the Steelers. As of Thursday, December 28th, uh, this being recorded early Friday morning, Kenny Pickett is limited with an uh, ankle. He came out earlier this week saying that basically he's good to go. He's ready to play. It's up to the uh, doctors and the training staff. He seemed a little bit sour about it. You know, he was asked the question of he learned anything from being on the sideline. So one word answer was just no, you know, not really the answer. Everybody was expecting to hear, you know, there's been pictures of him on the sideline with a sour face and things like that. So in my opinion, yeah, I don't know if he's taking this too, too well. Uh, Trent Thompson was a full participant with a neck. That's going to be huge for him to return. The Steelers are devastated in the, In the safety position, Mika Fitzpatrick still hasn't participated with a knee. I doubt he's going to play this week. You know, I think Mika realistically is a guy that um, maybe ain't coming back until next week, if not the playoffs. I mean, I think this week, if the Steelers end up losing or out of playoff, you know, contention, then he's definitely not going to play. Landon Roberts hasn't ruled himself out of next week, but he has a pictorial issue that he received, that he got last week during the Cincinnati Bengals game. He hasn't participated as well this week. Isaac Samuel looks to be uh, like he's finally you know, getting healthier with that shoulder. He was a full participant after not practicing on Wednesday. On Wednesday, though, like Najee Harris, he didn't participate because of his knee as well. So those are the guys of notice or of notable injuries uh, going into this game. And so I think Mika's probably going to be the one that, Minka and Roberts are probably the two players that are going to be out in this game. Uh, I think that Kenny Pickett's going to dress. I just think he's going to be the second quarterback. Now, the Seattle Seahawks, like I said before, they're coming in riddled with injuries. Uh, I'll just kind of read it from the top. So, first one is going to be the receiver, D Eskridge. He hasn't participated with ribs. He may be out. Jason Peters with a foot. He's a tackle. Their running back Kenneth Walker has had a shouldering illness and he hasn't been participating. He's a he's a stout running back for the Seattle Seahawks that they're going to have to. The Steelers are going to have to keep an eye on him. You know, with the middle linebacker position as riddled as it is, I don't doubt that Pete Carroll is going to come in and attack the middle linebackers with the running backs and and his tight ends. I think that the um Seattle Seahawks have some tremendous tight ends over the middle that I'm a little bit worried about, to be honest with you. So we'll get into that here in a sec, though. Um, linebacker Nick Bellore didn't participate with a knee. Linebacker Jordan Brooks hasn't participated with a knee. Defensive end Mario Edwards hasn't participated with a knee. Dre Monte Jones, also a defensive end, did not participate with shoulder. Linebacker Frank Clark. Well, he was resting, so he'll be there. He's just, you know, one of those guys that gets a day off. But DK Metcalf, he didn't participate with a back. Now, everybody's looking at his matchup against, you know, Joey Porter Jr., two physical guys, two guys that are going to get their hands on each other. I'm excited to see how the refs are going to call this game, if they're going to, you know, kind of control them, throw the flags early or let them play, let them be physical. I'm hoping for the latter you know, I know that DK Metcalf is, you know, bigger and, and stronger than, than, um, Joy Porter Jr., but I think that Joy Porter Jr. can hold his own, especially if he's, if he can get his hands on the receiver and, and the refs aren't, you know, they're letting them play, so to speak. I think he can take over this game. But if, you know, they start getting a little too handsy and flags start coming out, that could be a matchup that we need to keep our eye on. But he didn't participate on Thursday with a back. I don't know how serious that is, but it could also limited him and going up against, you know, uh, Joy Porter Jr., a guy that's physical. So, you know, him having some sort of, uh, you know, pain in his back area um, could limit his production out there as well and his ability to catch the ball. I mean, you know, the ball when the ball, when the ball is thrown to a receiver, it's not always in the bucket like, you know, Mason Rudolph to George Pickens last week. You know, there are times where you have to – Reach, extend, turn, twist, those type of things to catch the ball. And, you know, your back hurting isn't really going to help that situation. So that's interesting. It could be could be huge for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, their guard, Anthony Bradford, he's been limited with an elbow. Their safety, Jamal Adams, has been limited with a knee. Devon Witherspoon, their cornerback, has been limited with a hip. There's been some speculation that he may not even play this week. Uh, he's been coming off of this hip injury, and that old buddy there, um, Artie Burns, might be starting this week before the the Seattle Seahawks. It also looks like Devin Bush could be getting the nod at the middle linebacker position for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, up until recent, the Steelers have been struggling going up against former players, you know, from the opposite team. You know, Juju Smith Schuster with the Patriots is one of them, you know, but last week the Steelers were able to rally and beat the Cincinnati Bengals who are led on defense by Mike Kilton, a former Pittsburgh Steeler, who has bragged about his record going up against the Steelers up, you know, prior to this year. And well, look at that. They got swept. (laughs) So yeah, check it out. It is what it is. Um, But yeah, I just, like I said, it's going to be something that we're going to need to keep an eye on. No fan tight end. uh, He's been down with a knee. Um, he's been a full participant. He's going to probably play. You know, him and uh, his other tight end, Will Disley, are no strangers to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. You know, Will Disley has been a guy that has you know, put up some points against the Steelers. Like I said, the there are certain t- types of tight ends that are out there that give problems to the Steelers. Those bigger, stronger ones that are able to jump up and pull the ball down from the sky. Are, are, the, are the type of tight ends that the Steelers struggle with. So th- both of those tight ends there, Fant and uh, Will Disley, uh, are a little bit concerning there. You know, that's going to be a matchup that we're going to have to look at. Uh, up until this point, though, Seattle really hasn't targeted them uh, too much. So I don't know if that's, you know, a player thing or, or, or strategy or something of that nature. Um, but... You know, it's definitely something that the Steelers are going to have to keep an eye on. Don't forget also that they, um, in the running back position, I know I talked about Kenneth Walker, but Zach uh, Sherbonnet is is no slouch either. He's going to be backing him up and probably getting a significant amount of um, snaps there as well. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's been um, in and out of the lineup and practice with a knee. He was a full participant. You know, these guys, uh, the Seattle Seahawks have. Some wide receivers, and it is a little bit concerning given the secondary is depleted as it is. I thought that there was a good chance that maybe perhaps Mika Fitzpatrick would be back for this game, and I think that that would have made me feel a little bit more comfortable. Uh, but it don't sound like that's going to be the case. It sounds like he's going to be missing another game. And Trenton Thompson is coming back, and he's a he's a thumper. He had an interception. He plays well. But I think that I really liked what Patrick Peterson was able to do as his first start at the safety position last week. You know, he was he got an interception. He was out there. He was coverage. It was, um, you know, he came out and talked on his podcast, all things covered, how it was a different, um, it's different because, you know, in coverage, he's never more than seven yards away from the person that he's defending of he's off press coverage. But majority of the time he's in the hip of the receiver. So, you know, being out there in the open in space, he said it was different. It took a little bit of, uh, you know, getting adjusted to, but, The Steelers have been preparing him for this since training camp. They've been throwing him in as the safety every now and then, you know, getting him some reps, getting him going that way in case he needed to take over. or The Steelers wanted to employ different types of, you know, three safety sets where it was supposed to be Minka, KZ and and Patrick Peterson out there. Well, Minka's hurt. KZ suspended for the rest of the year. So it's one of those situations where we didn't really get a chance to see it. But because of that preparation, it allowed him to move into that position flawlessly and not have, you know, some of those bad plays out there at that position. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. Now, um, as far as any other injuries of note, the tackle, Abram Lucas, he was full. Cornerback, um, Trey Brown, full and defensive end Leonard Williams full. So a lot of guys are going to be coming back or be playing, but they're going to be dealing with some bumps and bruises that could impact their play and be uh, advantageous for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Let's talk about some keys to victory real quick. So in my, for the Steelers to win this game, I think they're going to have to target Pat Friermuth and the running backs um, more throughout the air and on the ground, Uh, especially the running backs on the ground, not so much Pat Fryermuth on the ground. Uh, the reason being is last week they really targeted the outside, and they really targeted going deep. The Seattle Seahawks aren't going to let George beat them that way. They're going to end up, you know, going back deep. And you know, if they end up doing that and they start doubling George, then you got to hit Deontay. Deontay's an excellent route runner. You know, hopefully Mason Rudolph and him have gone on the right page by now, and and, and are are hitting it off. Because you know, in that game, honestly, in the last game, Deontay Johnson should have had a touchdown, but you know, it's just a little bit overthrown. Kinda, you know, he was also held up at the end of that route there, right as the ball was being thrown. So, should have been a pass interference, to be honest with you. But, you know, it is what it is, and I, I think that maybe, perhaps, if he wasn't held up there at the top of the route, uh, maybe, maybe that ball is right on time. But if it wasn't, if he was, if it was in fact overthrown, I think another week of practice could get him, you know, on time. And if you know the defense for the Seattle Seahawks is going to be looking at the receivers, trying to limit the over-the-top thing, saying, all right, Mason, you like to throw it deep. We're going to limit you with the deep throws. Well, he's going to have to take charge and and take advantage of what he sees underneath and in the middle of the field with the tight end. Last week, the Cincinnati Bengals were making sure that Pat Fryman didn't beat them, you know, because the previous time that they played, he had like nine receptions and he went all over the, uh, the field with them. So they wanted to make sure he wasn't going to beat them And they allowed George Pickens to get up over the top. Well, if they're preparing for the deep pass, let's go underneath. You know, style points don't matter. And that's what this means. You know, the style points don't matter. You know, those style points, getting the points at, you know, deep passes or whatever. It doesn't matter as long as you get the points. Right. Whether it's the style points or if you took a drive 80 yards and got it in the end zone off of a three-yard run from Najee Harris, you're still getting six points, seven if you hit the extra point. So the way you get those points don't matter. So like last week, the Steelers got a lot of splash plays because that's what the Cincinnati Bengals were allowing them to get. This week, I don't think Seattle's going to do that, and the Steelers are going to have to drive the ball a little bit more. And so this week, they're not going to be able to rely more than likely on those huge plays. And it's going to be a good task or a challenge for the Pittsburgh Steelers and you know Mason Rudolph who like i said last week he was just kind of chunking it out everywhere. You know he did have a couple of drives where he drove it down the field. You know but majority of his success was the splash play. You know let's see if he can consistently also drive the ball down the field and get it into the end zone. And if he can do that there shouldn't be any question who is the quarterback one going into the next week. But when it comes to Mason, as far as key for <clears throat> key for victory, excuse me, is that I think you're going to have to limit to him to under 30 passing attempts, and the Steelers are going to have to run the ball effectively. You know, if he can do those two things, I think that play action pass is a possibility for this team if they're running the ball effectively. You know, if teams are you know scared of the deep pass and the splash play behind them. That's going to give the Steelers an opportunity to run the ball effectively. So, I think that. You know for the Steelers to win this game we have to see at least over 130 yards on the ground, at least 250 yards through the air. No touch, no interceptions. And maybe two, three touchdowns from you know Mason Rudolph in the on the offense here, um, in order to win this game, in my opinion. You know, they may need to put up some points. And so can't have any interceptions. Can't be turning the ball over, which You know, that's one thing that Mason has been, you know, pretty good about is protecting the ball, you know, not giving it over, not putting it into danger, taking those calculated risks, you know, all those deep shots that he took. I mean, they weren't really in tight, tight coverage, right? There wasn't really a chance that somebody was going to intercept those passes. Um, Those receivers were open. You know, maybe the first one, you know, hitting George Pickens in the zone, you know, yeah, there was some receiver or cornerbacks around him and defensive players, but he was pretty open, too. So, you know, we'll see how that ends up happening. So, you know, limit, limit Mason, run the ball well, run the ball effectively. And on defensive side, you got to stop the run, obviously. But I'm more concerned about the passing game. You know, I think that the um, Seattle Seahawks are going to see the the secondary of the Pittsburgh Steelers and look at their receivers. You know, they they have Tyre Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. And DK Metcalf out there, not to mention uh, Noel Fant and Will Dillis as, uh, Disley, I'm sorry, Will Disley as their tight ends. And they got some passing options here. They can throw the ball. You know, their quarterback, Geno Smith, is no slouch either. He's not a future Hall of Famer. He's not going to throw up 350 yards. I probably shouldn't say that because he might now, but he's not going to put up those type of yards and those type of stats, but he is efficient. Steelers played him not too long ago. Uh, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks uh, in Pittsburgh. I was at that game. It was a, uh, you know, Steelers were able to contain Geno Smith. He wasn't somebody that I felt that scared the Steelers with his ability. So let's get on to some predictions. You know, given the secondary is depleted that they are and given the receivers and the, and the receiving uh, tight ends that the Seahawks have, I think this is going to be, a high scoring game. It's gonna to have to be a high scoring game. The Steelers are gonna to have to put up some points to keep up because I think that the Seattle Seahawks are gonna put up points. Um I'm gonna go with Seattle on this game, mainly because last week I went what the Steelers lost and they won. So I'm gonna stick with that. <laughs> Call me superstitious. I don't care. Um you know me personally I, I think it's this one's a um this one could be a coin flip. You know, I think the Steelers have the players and if Mason Rudolph is what we saw in him last week is real, yeah. I think they can win this game. They very much well can win this game and win this game convincingly. You know, but if you know he struggles or um, you know, the defense struggles and he just can't put up that many points because you know the offense has only put up 30 plus points in a victory once in the last three years, two years, something like that. It's insane. So, you know, they're gonna have to put up some points, they're gonna have to be aggressive to a certain extent, but I'm going to go ahead and take Seattle. I'm going to say that they end up winning 29, 27 late field goal at the end, Uh, but hopefully they don't. (laughs) I'm going to be rooting for the Steelers. I'm going to be checking them out this weekend. Uh, I won't be there. Obviously it'll be my birthday too. I think now it'll be the day before my birthday. So I'll be celebrating. Hopefully the Steelers will get a win and be in the playoff position for my birthday. We'll see. With that being said, I'm out of here guys. I'll see you next time. Peace.